Falcon needed knee surgery. It further turns out that Malkin's knee surgery will keep him out at least through training camp of the next NHL season. And it turns out, as a result, that, uh, yeah, maybe there should be a little more recognition for what he did on that knee. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or baseball, I offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates as well. Right where you found this. Yeah, the team announced just before the weekend that Malkin would go under the knife. Now, specifics were given as to what exactly was wrong with the knee. But if you're out for that length of time, it's not one of those cleanups. Um, if you've ever heard that term, it's basically a a surgeon goes in and they, they'll, they'll remove chips or other dangling issues that are there that allow the knee to function more smoothly. An athlete can come back from something like that, depending on the sport, my goodness, within a matter of just a couple of weeks, a month. That's not what this is. That's not what this was. This was... An elite player, a superstar, who went out there and trained every morning before practices for weeks on a knee that all you had to do was watch him to see that it was bugging him, to see that it was hurting, that there was pain. And he kept doing it, and he kept doing it, and he kept doing it until, according to Mike Sullivan, he basically coaxed the coaches to put him back out on the ice. And along the way, if you were tracking what everyone was saying, notably Sullivan, throughout, he made it really clear that Gino was pushing and trying to coax the coaches to let him back in, to put him back in the lineup. And they, just as obviously, didn't want to. Why? Because they knew what was wrong with the knee, and they didn't deem it worth the risk. Until finally, he skated hard enough, pivoted hard enough, came to enough violent stops on the ice, took hits from Colton Sevier one morning before a practice session just so that he could show he'd withstand being, you know, shoved around on the boards. It's not like Sevier was trying to mug him or anything. And he was doing all of that under the coach's supervision, all for the purpose of getting them to let him play again and yet even that wasn't the part that in hindsight in clear hindsight was completely 
mind-blowing. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins brought to you by Fubo TV. Monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels. You don't pay for DVR or installation. There's no contracts, cancel anytime. There's no catches to this, basically. You get all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, that you'd get with cable. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. All you have to do is go to the URL that they set up just for us, FuboTV.com slash DK. One more time, it's FuboTV.com slash DK to get 15% off your first month. The part that, in looking back, really just weirds me out is just Game 6. It's hard for me to describe to you, although I tried that night on Long Island, exactly how hard he went in that game. I'm sure a lot of it translated to television. I'm sure that when he auto-generated for himself that breakaway opportunity that Ilya Sorokin did well to close the pads on, when he went flying into the boards after that, when he was buzzing around the rink, when he was the Penguins' most physical player by a broad margin, how hard he went. I am here to attest to you that this extraordinary athlete-slash-individual operated with no regard for his own safety entering a contract year, meaning next year. I want you to think about that for a second because I don't know that it's been thought about sufficiently. The level of commitment and dedication that Evgeny Malkin has shown to the Pittsburgh NHL franchise for a decade and a half now. He's heard, read, and seen all kinds of stuff. He's no dummy, and he's surrounded by people who also have heard, read, and seen stuff about how the Penguins are better when he's not playing, and uh, sometimes he just doesn't care. Maybe he's done. Uh, Maybe he'd rather go play uh, for the Florida Panthers because it's in... Uh, it's it's on the coast of Florida where, for whatever reason, all the Russians seem to gravitate. Maybe he'll head over to the KHL and, and whatever else. Look, he can say anything on his own behalf, and it won't come close to matching what he just showed all of us. I've been critical of him, too. I'm not playing innocent here. I really, really didn't like the first half of his season. I really, really didn't like the fact that the first half of his season was the result, I believe, of a failure to condition properly. He blamed it on the pandemic and not having access to whatever. I, I not No point in repeating any of that stuff. I've criticized him myself. 
but I've never, ever, ever once doubted his commitment to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And if you want to know why, Mike Sullivan, and then Ron Hextall, and then Brian Burke, went to bat so quickly and so forcefully on Gino's behalf by supporting the core as a whole. Now, now we've all got that answer. When we come back, just one question. It's time for just one question. That's always brought to you by our friends at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. And they, in turn, need your help. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. And the reason I say it like that is because you have to spell out all three words. Don't do like a PGH or something like that. pittsburghfoodbank.org. When you get to the site... Check out the part, and it's available right there on the homepage, where they explain how $1 that gets contributed to this cause produces five full meals. $1 equals five meals. PittsburghFoodBank.org. question today comes from the Confluence, who says that D.K. Tom Reed's article on the Penguins' comparison to the Red Wings' run was fantastic as usual, and it got me thinking, you're GMDK, uh-oh. Do you extend 71 and or 58 when their contracts expire after next season, or do you let them expire and move on? Uh, first of all, thanks for the kind words regarding Tom's article. For anyone who hasn't read it, that probably means you're not subscribed to our website, DK Pittsburgh Sports, and that's a mistake. If only for missing out on Tom's one-of-a-kind material, including his hockey stuff. What Tom wrote over the weekend was an in-depth piece analyzing the similarities between the state of the current Penguins and the state of the Red Wings through their 25-year playoff streak when a lot of people argue that they hung on way too long, uh, including once they got Henrik Zetterberg and uh, Pavel Datsuk. And now, of course, the Wings are paying a, a terrible price for that by being, you know, terrible for a long time and really with no signs of emerging from it. Because why? They gave away all their draft picks and everything else here. So, to your point, you say that I'm the GM. I say that's a bad idea. But I'll entertain the question anyway. Do I extend Malkin and or Latang when their contracts expire? I'll answer, first of all, that I believe that the Penguins will do that, whether I'd want to or not. I believe that uh, very strong indications were given by Hextall that that's something that he'd approach both athletes with, although I'm certain that he'll have to do so in a form where they'd both take less money uh, than what they're getting. And, and I don't know how that'll be received. I don't know if it's going to be important enough to, to both of them, particularly Latang, 
Latang's the one that jumps out here. I, I think Malkin is going to do whatever he's got to do to stay. That doesn't mean a hometown discount or any other hackneyed terms like that. I, I, I just think that with Latang being a little bit younger and Latang coming off a phenomenal season, uh, that it's going to be a little bit harder to convince him to take some significant cut, or maybe they can find a way to structure both contracts uh, in a way that doesn't look like pay cuts, if that makes any sense. A way that there's just some kind of gradual uh, change or, or that the contracts end up being really affordable as they get later and later on into their careers. I have to add here, though, that one of the differences between the Red Wings and the Penguins is the Red Wings stars really were eating up a big chunk of their salary cap. That's just not the case here. I, I say this all the time, but Evgeny Malkin's salary is 9.5. Mitch Marner from the Maple Leafs makes close to 12. Uh, Chris Letang is at 7.5 or 7.25, I think it is. And... That puts him at, I believe, it's 14th or 15th among all NHL defensemen. So these guys are already pretty good deals. Never mind Sid at 8.7. So that's that's just in another world. That's also Sid's superstition really working out well for the team because that's the only number he'd ever accept. I just don't th see them as being some kind of detriments to the Penguins' future. The problem with the Penguins' future isn't their contracts. The problem with the Penguins' future isn't the salary cap. The problem with the Penguins' future is that they gave up all their draft picks. And they have to start hanging on to those. And they have to start making the most of the prospects they do have. And they have to bring in more college free agents like uh, Zach Aston Reese, like by way of Edmonton John Marino. And they've got a couple more of those coming that have some promise. That's the kind of thing that needs to happen. They need to keep infusing young talent as much as they can. None of those players cost anything for their first few years, so there's no harm in having them, at least as it relates to Malkin slash Latang affecting the cap. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins today. And by the way, if you like what you heard, you know, feel free to leave like a, a good review or something or share it with a friend uh, because all of that stuff helps. You might not think that it does, but every one of those reviews has like this crazy algorithmic effect on what we're doing. So we're seen by a whole lot more people. So look, even if you hated it, look, leave a good review. How about that? Is that fair? And I'll try to do better tomorrow. Right? Cool. Thanks. Thanks.